0: This episode is brought to you by The One Summit. Two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to
1: theonesummit.com.
0: Welcome to Careers Unplugged, the weekly show connecting you to secrets of career success. Careers Unplugged is hosted by Rich Sayer and Stu Hayes and proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program.
1: If you feel being happy, committed, and passionate about your career is important, you're in the right place. My name's Rich Sayer, and I'm here with the fabulous co-founder of Careers Unplugged and the Master of Me Coaching Program, Stuart Hayes. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Richard. How are you? I am uh, excellent. I Mm. have uh, got up. I've done my stretches. I'm here. I'm engaged. I'm excited. I'm actually married. Boom, boom. Tell us all about today's (laughs) guest.
0: Well, mate, uh, this is this is going to be a great conversation today, Rich. Um, I mean, as you know, in my own journey, uh, I've had some, I've had what I, I guess now, look back on as the privilege of having some huge failures and setbacks. Um, but I've also noticed that you know it's always not always easy to get through them at the time, and this is the area that specifically our guest today focuses in. Yep. He is what um, I guess he and others would call a resilience expert, someone who specialises in teaching people, in particularly people in sales. Now, I know from my own experience that um, when I've had to make cold calls, part of me just tenses up you know, and, and wants to not do it and I try to think of ways of, uh, of not doing it or, or farm it out to other people. Just
1: begin, Stu, beginning halfway there.
0: Exactly. And this is, these are some of the themes that our guest today is going to talk about. But, but really, it's about the lessons that he's learned from his own natural therapies business and drawing on the unique background that he's had in psychology, in shiatsu, 25 years of martial arts, mate. He's worked with companies like MLC, St. George, Toyota, Smartline, REIV, Hocking Stewart, a whole bunch of businesses. And it's all about how do you get people to bounce back and achieve their best – from any situation. Excellent. Michael Eisenblatt, welcome to Careers Unplugged. Thank
2: you, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Very excited to chat with you today.
1: Mike, uh, 25 years in martial arts. I'm just going to take the conversation in a completely different direction. You draw on that in uh, every day? Martial arts, for me, has been probably one of the biggest
2: influences in my life. I actually got into martial arts because I was a bit of a scared kid. Funnily enough, I, I loved wrestling with my dad. You know, my dad and I—we we grew up watching the uh, the World Championship wrestling with, um, you know, the Killer Kowalskis and all of those. Hulk um, Hogan and all H- of that. Oh, this was even before Hulk Hogan. This oh, is right. uh, this was kind sort of the ten or so years before. And I'm a big Hulk Hogan fan. But you know, growing up with the old wrestling, my dad would pick me up and throw me around the room in the beanbags, and we had a we had a ball. <laughs> um, but then it was sort of growing up. I kind of realised that there's a difference between you know wrestling and actual ha- holding it your own in the the playground, and um, I actually was was not comfortable with with confrontation and being pushed around, so uh, I had a situation once where I was walking to the milk bar, and I was probably about uh, maybe 10 years old, and um, as I was walking back, I noticed a car was following me. It was a really scary moment. I remember all the lessons my teachers taught me, my dad was saying, my mum was saying about stranger awareness, all comes flooding back and that panic just comes into your chest. And I was running, the car got closer. I was running and it just happened to be as the car was getting close, as the window was being wound down, I arrived at my grandmother's house, which is where I left from, and ran inside and the car ran off. And and at that point I decided I'm never going to put myself in such a vulnerable position again without knowing what to do. And that for me was why I started learning martial arts. I just wanted to know how to handle myself. Mm. And so was that, was it was, that a uh, conscious
0: yeah. decision at the time that you, you know, you two um, sort of learn what to do? Uh,
2: very much so. I just, wanted to, I just didn't want to ever be vulnerable like that where I have have someone or something overpower me Mm-hmm. and potentially sort of change the you know, direction of my life. And so martial arts was the first sort of step for that. But, uh, and that kind of gave me the confidence in myself, um, not so much how to fight, but also just how to be comfortable um, to handle myself, how to be comfortable with the strength of my body, my agility, and that sort of thing. Uh, that was just a really important confidence start for a, for a young kid.
1: <coughs> so talking about uh, the start... What what was your first job?
2: Well, um, my parents were very entrepreneurial. They both uh, had their own businesses. So my sister and I, we pretty much grew up in our our parents' businesses. My mum had a supermarket business and my father was in ladies' clothing. I mean, not literally, but, you know, he <laughs> manufactured. So pretty much uh, most of our weekends were in the in the business. So on the Saturday and Sunday, my sister and I would go to the supermarket and would put trolleys away, would stack shelves, you know, we'd do that kind of stuff. Um, and on the Sunday, would head into the, the truck with my dad, would go to the Queen Victoria Market, would set up the stalls, would um, handle money, would talk to customers. You know, I was about 10 or 11, my sister was 8. So I think my first... Job, probably my first unpaid job was working with my (laughs) folks, you know. Um, But I tell you what, you learn a lot because it was their business. So, you know, they they ran it like it was their business, of course, and therefore you grew up having to do and know everything, understanding the importance of punctuality, the importance of getting things done, of talking to customers, of being responsive, of the buck stops with you and that you actually have to make sure whatever you've put out there has to work, has to sell, has to get done. So I guess my first job, was sort of you know, was doing that, but uh, as I got a bit older, you know I, I did other kind of, i think my first paid job I was a receptionist in a natural therapies practice, and actually it was a chiropractic practice. I just finished my um, Shiatsu qualification and I was looking for work for experience uh, anywhere that I could get it in the natural therapies realm, so I put together a resume and posted it out to a good 50 or 75, you know, different, you know, any, any natural mm. therapies practices throughout Melbourne and got probably oh, three responses. Two of them were, don't bother, and one was saying, oh, come in, we'll have a chat. And the guy who happened to, uh, you know, reply back was a chiropractor, lived about two blocks from me, lovely bloke. He said to me, look, Michael, I've never had a male receptionist before. I said, "That's okay. I've never been in that." Yeah, I was
0: going to say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I said, "Look, my goal is to learn as much about the business as I can, and to do the best that I can to apply myself. And I'm here to to be a sponge." And he he liked that attitude. He knew I didn't know the work, but he knew I came from a background of business and happy to do the hard work. And uh, got my first job as a receptionist. And um, his comment was, "It was nice." working with someone who he could come out on a cranky day and just say what he needs to say and not have have the receptionist take offence to that. He says, like, (laughs) two guys working together... There was no kind of emotional tension that we had. It, it's just the nature of, of guys. Yeah, so it became and, uh,
1: a natural bloke therapies business. Yeah, <laughs> it
2: was it was guy kind of like that. I mean, the guy I worked with, Russell, he was, he was a very heartfelt individual. You know, so he was a kind of an exception. And he's as a chiropractor, you know, he had longer sessions with his clients, uh, so he could take the time to understand. But uh, in terms of running a practice, you know, he could come out and, and put pressure on me, and it was no problem. So from his point of view, working with a bloke who could take the pressure and it, when mm-hmm. Pressure as well, but without having any emotional flack on that was was perfect for him.
0: So you're you're, you're sort of saying you're a fairly cold bloke, are you mate? You have got no no emotions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think one of the, one of the strengths of being a bloke is that you can switch on the emotion, but turn it off if you need to. Uh, I think one of the things that we that guys do well is that we learn how to use logic over emotion in the situations where we need to. Um, it's been said that emotion travels faster than logic. It's kind of like when you. Uh, you, you see a lightning, then you hear the thunder, or vice versa, that one travels faster than the other. But uh, I think, as blokes, it, it, when we're under pressure, we tend to put head down, tail up, and get stuff done um, without having to be distracted by the emotional side if we choose to. Mm.
0: So, back at that early stage, you know, so you've, you've completed your qualification, you're working as a, a receptionist, um, you've got no emotions, um, <laughs> this teasing, and you. What what are your goals at this point? You know how, how is how is uh, what, what are you what's young Michael focusing on?
2: Okay, well this is at a time I just finished my uh, my bachelor of science uh, in psychology, and I basically that was the only thing that I really wanted to do in life was learn more about psychology. I Finished the bachelor of science and thought, okay, what do I do now? And I came across this, this uh, thing called shiatsu, which is kind of like acupuncture, but without needles. Uh, it's not a dog, uh, and it's a nice kind of <laughs> natural therapy way to help people kind of uh, release tension yeah. in the body. I thought it was a mushroom. Here's <laughs> <laughs> what part of town you're in. <laughs> um, It's a really cool natural therapy to release tension, help the body work more effectively, have more energy, and just generally uh, function at a healthier level. And it uses... Pressure points uh, using my palms, thumbs, and fingers over the body. And I've been doing a course in shiatsu at the same time as kind of finishing the uh, science degree. And when I was working at the um, at the chiropractor, really my only goal was to have a business at some stage and to to do shiatsu. It was the one thing I was just passionate about. Um, Going back at school, (coughs) pardon me, going back at school. When all of us sat with the career counsellors and talked about what you want to do, I had friends who just knew, they just knew they wanted to be you know, in the area of an architect, they wanted to be in building or engineering, and when they asked me, they said, Mike, what do you want to do? I said, oh, I just want to be successful at something. And the career counsellor looked at me and goes, no, 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 like, what do you want to be? He says, I don't know, just as long as I'm successful at something. So that was my first experience of being rejected and knocked back, you know, it was just saying, well, that's not a career, Michael, you know, you've got to find a career. <clears throat> so what I had to learn the hard way was that it's okay to have an ambition for something, not knowing what you want, as long as you're kind of looking. So for me, my, my first goal was to have the Shiatsu practice, which I did. As, as at the receptionist, after probably about two or three years, one of the rooms became vacant in the chiropractic office. And I spoke to Russell, I said, mate, um, how would you feel if I took that room? And he sat me down and goes, Mike, I'd, I'd be sad to lose you as a receptionist, but, um, you know, talk to me about what you wanted to achieve. And I said, look, I want to make a really busy practice, I love this work, I'm hungry to get out there, he goes, how you promote it? And I'd never been asked that question before, and I said, well, look, I'm, I'll talk to friends and family, I'll get out there and hit the streets and talk to people. He goes, all right, let's just give it a go. So, you know, my first goal was to open a practice at that stage, and uh, thanks to the goodwill of, of the chiropractor, Russell, he he gave me an opening, which, you
1: know, set my career from there. So, on that journey from, you know, student, receptionist, shiatsu, practitioner, to where you are now, yeah, has there been some major turning points along the way, and were people involved? So... Were were there people that, you know, either tapped you on the shoulder and said, "I think you know should go in this direction," or you know, mentors that sort of thing? One of the mentors that I, I
2: happened to have uh, is a bloke called uh, Matt Church. Uh, he runs the Australian Thought Leaders Group in uh, in Sydney, mm. and uh, Matt has a particular strong ability to to get clarity on what it is that you want to do. You see, when I was doing the shiatsu, after about seven years of the business, I decided what I really wanted to do after that is that I wanted to actually uh, to teach people how to manage pressure more effectively, to take the shiatsu from being just a practitioner of what I do and to teach people the actual skills behind pressure management. And I happened to meet Matt through the National Speakers Association, and Matt has this ability just to chat with you and to work out clarity about what it is you're all about. And he sat down with me and we started talking about, and I started explaining to him some of the the things that I wanted to do and some of the course I wanted to run around stress. He goes, look, Mike, your edge is really about not just the stress, but it's about your way of recovering from that and doing something positive with that. It's about the way you turn a negative stress into a positive pressure, whether that be in a commercial sense or a personal sense. And he started talking around this resilience principle, and it just struck me as like, this is spot on the money for me. This is exactly what I wanted to do. And so his clarity really helped me to position the work in a better way, both in terms of being able to articulate what I do and for better commercial sense as well. So Matt was a big, uh, I guess, mentor for me, and I worked with him for a period of of time. I guess in terms of... um, Influencers also, my, my mum was a major influence. Mum was one of those people that if you wanted to know something, if you wanted an honest opinion, you'd ask my mum. She never kind of uh, told you what it is you wanted to hear. She told you what you needed to hear and wasn't afraid of telling you the truth. She was always happy to give her opinion even when you forgot to ask for it, you know.
0: What
2: a blessing. There, there you go. <laughs> it was a kind of a blessing and a curse together, you know, because you just knew that if you're off track, she would let you know. Uh, which is a great thing. And, and, and mum was a rock for me in that respect of, of clarity. And um, it was during when I had the Shiatsu practice, there was a, a, an accident that mum was involved with and unfortunately she passed away. And when you lose, I guess, some, someone so important like that in your life, it really does shake your conviction for what you do. It shakes your knowledge of who do you fall back on. It just shakes your confidence. And there was probably a period in there when I was doing the Shiatsu practice where I know, you know, you just didn't have that that fire in the belly. You know, there was a period where you just everything felt hard and felt difficult because I just didn't have that person to fall back onto who I just knew knew the answers to stuff. Mm. Um, and uh, look, that was just part of my journey, you know. And I think when when you're in a position like I was, where you had to, you're a kind of a you're a practitioner, you're also a, a kind of a bit of guidance for people as well. You didn 't have the luxury of saying, "Hey i 'm having a bad day, know, um, I can 't help you today." People were booked in to see you. You just had to step up, and I think one of the things that I 've had to learn about resilience, it 's not about taking three deep breaths and going to a happy place in your mind, it's that sometimes you 've got to step up and go, "I 've got to get over this." And I don 't mean in terms of having losing someone and getting over it. I mean, today I might not feel like doing the work, but I've got to get over it and do the work. You've got to get past yourself. Whatever it
1: takes to get it done, yeah.
2: Some, yeah, and, and you've just got to have the attitude. No, no, I learned this working with my dad and my mum in the business that, you know, there are times you're tired and there are times that you don't feel like it and it's not an option not to do it. You've got to find it within yourself <coughs> to go and do it. And when I lost mum uh, and you just felt down, it wasn't an option for weeks and weeks to spend time moping around. I, I, I miss to this day, I miss her deeply and miss her sadly. But you don't kind of sit around and and mope around. You've got to move forward with life. And uh, one of the lessons it taught me was that you don't have the option always to sit back and and do nothing, that you've got to put your best foot forward and
1: and keep moving forward. What what would be your biggest mistake in, 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 in career terms?
2: Career terms, I think there were two big mistakes that I made, one of which was the transition from... Shiatsu practitioner to speaker and trainer. I had the inspiration that I wanted to go out and, and speak and to train. I had a message to share with the world. But I didn't know jack about marketing. You know, and, mm-hmm. not, in terms of that, not in terms of this area. I learnt marketing in terms of what to do to build a Shiatsu practice. Mm-hmm. But building a Shiatsu practice and a consulting practice is two different clientele. And I was su- seduced by the idea that if you do what you love, the money will follow. Well, that's rubbish. Uh, you can do as much as things <laughs> as you love, and the money won't follow unless you're commercially savvy. So one of the biggest mistakes that I made was deciding to sell my Shiatsu practice and then going into full-time training, speaking, consulting without having enough clientele, without having enough market savvy behind me to bring the new clients in. And there was a period of between once I sold the practice, the Shiatsu practice, to actually going in and making money from the consulting business. So for a good six to nine months, where I earned nothing, mm. no, like the zero, and I lived off the equity in the house with the promise, the hope uh, that you know, yes, this will make money and this will happen. And it was a really stupid thing to do. It was a very risky thing to do. It would have been much better to have some sort of transition across. Um, don't, hope is not a strategy. You know, having passion is important, but it's not enough. You have to have some, some marketing sense about you, some business savvy about you to make
1: it work. Well, there's some obviously when... The, and we, I'm totally relating to what you're saying. And, and, you know, when you sort of find yourself out on a limb and it's a fairly thin limb... And, and maybe the limb is bending a little bit under your weight, uh, you know, and, and darkness comes, <laughs> comes into the room, so to speak. How did you navigate through that? Did you get help from friends or family or, or was it again within your own self that you found the resilience and the desire and drive, commitment, will to keep going?
2: Yeah, the, the drive commitments I always had, that is something that I've, has been within me. I'm, I'm both stubborn and determined. So you put those two together. And if I decide to do something, by hook or by crook, I'll do it. It's just one of those things that's a combination of needing to prove myself and needing to actually achieve what it is I set my, my, my mind up because I just, just don't want to because I won't have anyone tell me that I can't do it. I just want to do it. So, it's this sort of stubborn determinism that I've always kind of had within myself.
1: Did that come from your mother, do you think?
2: Oh, I just think it just came from, from growing up in a family where, you know, people, when they decide to do something, they just go and do it. I, I was kind of surrounded by, by hard workers. Mum and dad were hard workers. And uh, they said, okay, they're going to make the business. And they, work, they worked. My dad worked seven days. My mum worked six days. And you just, we just saw that if you want something it doesn't come to you. You've got to go out and get it, you know. And it's not about being passionate. It's about, you know, wanting to get out and really achieve what it is you want. So you put that passion, you combine it with some action. And I think that was just something which I was conditioned to see. Mm. Uh, and therefore, it became, it became part of me. So, I, I, you know, I don't know where it came from, but I think just being in that environment is one of those reasons as to why it was was driving me. Mm.
0: So, Michael... You've got a gift for the listeners, um, which is an e-book they can download from careersunplugged.com, Never Hear No Again, How Successful People Bounce Back from Setbacks and Rejections. Um, Talk talk about that. Talk about resilience a bit.
2: Okay, so the resilience principles in this book is a series of understandings of what it takes to handle pressure in business and to bounce back to stay proactive, to stay productive and, and profitable in what you're doing. So in mind for this book with people who perhaps are starting a business, have a business, where you might be technically strong at something, you may be a, a mortgage broker, an accountant, an actual therapist, so you're really good at doing something, uh, but may not have the business know-how or savvy or awareness of what to do to grow the business. And in this book has a series of tips and ideas of What sort of pressures you can expect to face, and what are some things that you can do in response to that to stay on track on how not to kind of lose your drive, how to handle tension, how to handle setbacks when you're working under pressure, what to do not to burn yourself out? Because these are some of the things that we just don't get taught. You know, whether you're doing a business course, whether you're, um, uh, you know, working in a particular professional field, um, we just don't get taught how pressure affects the way in which we work, how it affects our motivation. So what I've decided to do is to put a series of tips um, that are kind of one, one and a half pages each in the book, um, ended up with a series of action steps that you can do so that anyone can take an idea and put it into place right now.
0: Could we, we talk them. about one of them maybe? Or even what's, what's your golden nuggets, you know, the, one of the great tips that you uh, would want to pass to someone so maybe share a circumstance that where someone might have some uh a challenge what would be the golden nugget for them.
2: Oh I think one of the the key ones is understanding how to manage tension. I think we don't understand what tension does to you. As a shiatsu practitioner, one of the things that I would see constantly, and I had a lot of, and I had a full-time practice for seven years, worked with about four thousand people in that time. And one of the things that I consistently saw was how stress or pressure impacted a person's body and what that did to their energy, their motivation, and drive. We don't realise that, but whenever you feel something, whenever you feel tense, stressed pressured, worried, your body feels it too. Your body is like a sponge. So if you think about a situation where you might be in a business and you know, you're struggling to find more clients or you just don't have enough time to get everything done. Maybe you're feeling pressured by your deadlines or you're just working hard and you don't really know how to unwind. That pressure physically impacts your body. There are tension zones within the body that tighten up but after a period of time can make you feel one of two things. Fatigued and exhausted uh, and emotionally tired but also more emotionally on edge and more emotionally reactive as well. So what that does to a person, it means that they become... more up and down with their emotional reactions and therefore not calm and in control. And it also means that they're more prone to fatigue, needing to reach for something to bring their energy up, like um, some sweet drink or something that's going to help lift their energy quickly. And what that means in business, it means that you're not consistently applying yourself Uh, or in your personal life that you're emotionally more volatile in how you manage your relationships. So an important nugget or important tip here is to recognise physically what happens in your body when you're under tension. Where does your body tighten up? How does it hold that tension? And to be, make sure that you release those tension zones. Um, three particular places tension tends to hit is the chest, it hits the, the, uh, the, the throat, and it hits the stomach. Now, when it hits the chest, what it does is it actually tightens up through your chest, through your breathing, even brings your shoulders forward as well. And what that does, it can create pain or tightness through your shoulders. Uh, your neck might get sore as well. And you think, oh, my neck is sore, my shoulders are sore, I'm getting a bit you know, annoyed. And you try and release tension through your shoulders. But the problem is, through the actual chest, is that the tightness in the front is actually causing the tension in the back. So mm. you've got to make sure you open up the front to take tension. And leaning into a door frame with your hands either side is a great way of doing that. But you might think, okay, that's just stretching. It's not just stretching. When you feel something emotionally, your body feels it too, which means that when you hold tension in, emotionally that tension builds in your body. So by physically releasing the tension, it actually helps to calm your emotions. And, you know, when I say that to to groups that I'm working with, some smile and some kind of smirk going... Yeah, it sounds a bit left of centre. And I always say to them, don't take my word for it. Try it and see the result for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Make sure you see how it feels in your own body. When you physically move tension, when you're under pressure, notice the difference it has on your energy, on your demeanour and your general sense of of sort of calmness and control in your body.
1: Describe for me what your biggest break would be in your career, Mike. You know, you've 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 now come to the point where you're teaching and training people, you're on the stage, you've been a practitioner. What do you think is the biggest break that led to where you are now and why? I think um Having a
2: point of clarity, and it was a it was a sort of a chance meeting that I happened to have uh, with a person who, with a speakers bureau who books speakers. Um, I was at a time where I was at a, 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 a conference, and we were sitting chatting with these speaker bureaus, and they were going through talking to different speakers, saying, "What do you do?" and "What do you do?" and the different speakers were talking about their general kind of work and 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 what their message was, and they spoke to me. I said, "Look, what I do." very simply and very concise is I I help people in business bounce back from the rejections and setbacks so they can find more clients. It's
1: a big market, isn't it? Because there's plenty of people getting rejections and setbacks. Well, yeah.
2: (laughs) And I think what what the edge was that she looked at me and goes, great, I know exactly how to place you. I know exactly which client to introduce you to. Because I I was able to really articulate what it was that I was doing in a, in a value proposition almost to a client, to an outcome to a client. She goes, great, I want to put in front of this particular client who's looking for that for their, uh, for their group, for their franchise owners. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, I presented to them and that just opened up a magnificent area of business for me that I never would have touched before if I didn't have that clarity, of what it is that I do mm. uh, and, and happened to be in front of this right person at that time because I could have been like everyone else, just saying, oh, yes, I speak on resilience and I do this and I do that. But she just needed this one thing, what problem do you solve? Mm. And uh, by articulating that, it just it made a massive difference to the opportunities I had in front of me. And have you ever thought what would, happen, what would have happened if that didn't happen? I, I don't. I, 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 no, I, I don't because I kind of got that situation learned from that very, very quickly and made sure that with every interaction that I had as I clearly articulate the value that I can have for, for them in terms of the person rather than in terms of me. Mm. Um, so I kind of learned from that. If And if you ask me to be retrospective, if that didn't happen, where would I be? Um, oh, goodness, it's it's, a, it's an excellent question. It, it's... It uh, doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: In a, par- um, in a parallel universe. It, what's... uh. Mike, what's your number one goal now in your career?
2: Okay, so now, life? yeah, what I want to do now is I want to do one of two things. I want to create a wonderful business for, for two people, for myself and my family, or sorry, for two groups, myself and my family, one that um, provides beautifully for us and allows me to have the lifestyle to, to see my kids as often as I'd like to see them, you know, to take them to school, pick them up from school, to, to in, be part of their lives in a way that a business that supports that. That's really important. I know because I grew up in a family where mum and dad were working six, seven days, and uh, I saw them, uh, but not as often as I may have, have, have liked to have seen them. So I want to make sure that in my family, I'm, I'm more kind of available to have a real hands-on with how my kids are, are growing up. Another part of the business is I want to make a, a business that adds value to everyone. It's not a business that that sells and takes. It's a business that gives, mm. and I want to see... The, the positive result that the impact that I'm having has on their bottom line, it has on their lifestyle, it has on the quality that they have with their family. Because, mm-hmm. you know, and I know a lot of my work comes back to, to my family, but reality is if, if family at home, if home doesn't work, nothing works. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need to win in our world. We need to have a sense of success in anything that we do. And if we're not winning at home, then we, we try and win at work, sometimes at the exclusion of home. Or if we're not winning at work, we try and win at home. But I say, why can't you win at both? Why can't we make sure that home works and therefore business works as well? You know, so I want people in their, in their world to make sure that the work that I'm doing makes them win at home, make sure that, that family comes first, they're having a business that they really love and that, that they enjoy doing or a role that they enjoy
1: doing. Well, that's great advice. I know within my own business as well. Uh We've become a big family, and certainly uh, my family's part of the business. So the, the delineation between the two breaks down, and it just becomes about a quality of life. Mike, that's about all we've got time for in this episode. I'd, I'd really like to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your insights, um, and and again for uh, providing uh, a special gift. To our listeners, just reminding the listeners to go to careersunplugged.com and download Never Hear No Again and learn the, incense, uh, the uh, insights that Michael has provided us there. Stu, have you got anything you'd like to add? Uh, thanks very much, Michael.
0: I mean, I, I sort of sense, to be honest, that we've only really just touched on this um, you know, as a topic. You know, you, you've talked about things physically people can do to help release t- relieve tension, but uh, and I'm pretty sure you've got a whole bunch of other things that we could talk about another time. So maybe uh, we'll have to do that. So mm. thank you very much. Oh, absolute
2: pleasure. There's a massive amount of stuff we could be talking about. But as a start to getting your head around resilience, it's, a, it's an opening uh, of what they can start thinking about. Been a pleasure being part of the show.
1: Michael, thanks so much. And to all of you at home, in the car, wherever you are, thanks for joining us. We hope the insights provided by Michael Lysenblatt will help you create a resilience on your journey, make a point. Visiting careersunplugged.com and check out Michael's uh, download there, the special gift to you. Leave a comment and get access to a whole bunch of resources designed specifically to help you make it big in life, career, and business. This has been Careers Unplugged with Rich and Stew.
2: Hi, Dr. Brett Hill here from The Wellness Guys and That Paleo Show. Crown Melbourne will be pumping on August the 16th and 17th when this year's Wellness Summit arrives. Last year's event was a hit with attendees, with Kelly L. saying she was thoroughly inspired and Jen F. saying she learnt so much amazing information, I think my brain is close to exploding. Deborah labelled it inspiring and empowering and Stephen felt very enlightened and enthused. If this sounds like you,
0: then join myself and the other Wellness Guys, the Up For A Chat girls, Joe Witten from Thermomix and more than 600 people from across the globe as they descend on Crown Melbourne for this year's Wellness Summit. Tickets are just two ninety seven and are available at www.thewellnesssummit.com. Can't wait to see you there. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives